You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, folks, welcome back to the Fair Game podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith. Today's guest has the distinction of working for the first state fair in the nation to open during the COVID pandemic. Last July, the Delaware State Fair opened with a modified schedule for the event. Here today to talk about that as well as what their 2021 show looks like. He's the Assistant General Manager and Director of Marketing for the Delaware State Fair. Folks, this is Danny Aguilar. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Robert. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk all things fair and uh, and show you our, our fair game as, as we're ready for 2021. Well, I'm glad I could get you on. Uh, tell us, how'd you come to be with the Delaware State Fair? Well, I uh, had an opportunity to travel with an organization called Up With People uh, many moons ago, um, back in the, uh, the early to mid-90s. Um, I worked for them as a European promotions director, so it kind of got me into that, and I have a degree in marketing. Um, I came back traveling and actually got a degree in uh, elementary education. I thought I was going to be a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of ended up leading my way back into marketing. And um, that promotions director just kind of led me into a natural world of, of the fair. There was an opening. Someone said, hey, you need to consider that position. And um, just the love of the fair was always there and uh, opportunity to, to be selected as the uh, director of marketing at the time. And uh, since then, I've had an opportunity to move into the assistant general manager. So I've been here. Uh, this will be my 14th fair and uh, you know, looking for, forward to uh, many more. But it's a, it's a great industry, and I, I love working and uh, entertaining uh, folks all throughout Delmarva. Fantastic. Take us back to March of 2020, if you would. It's when everything shut down. It was around March 11th, I believe, when Houston announced their cancellation. What's right. going through your head when you see a show the size of Houston, like I forget, five or six days into their run, and they say, we're done? Yeah, it's funny. I was at uh, my daughter's softball tournament and literally NCAA announced all cancellations of games. So there was there's like this massive wave of, of cancellations that's just rolled through. And then then you start thinking, you know, OK, how's it going to impact me directly here within um, our, my, my professional uh, career as far as with the Delaware State Fair? And and then you start just seeing other fairs, other rodeos, other events and festivals just, um, you know, shutting down and an and abundance of, of, of caution and and then it's it's what became scary is really to know what we were dealing with. I think folks had just questions in general and um, and everyone was just from a precaution standpoint, you know, naturally, um, you know, making the decisions to postpone, cancel, reschedule, uh, modify. And, um, you know, it, it was it was pretty scary for a while there. And, and we were told go home and, you know, by the state and, uh, you know, work from home. And that's where, you know, as 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 full time staff members really. Um, tried to piece together, you know, could we could we put together a, a fair in, in the middle of a pandemic? Well, and I think most of us, you kind of alluded to it there. I mean, it was scary, but I think most of us felt like this was going to be a few weeks or maybe a couple of months that, you know, by June 1st, we'd be open and, and getting back to business. Obviously, that's not how it went. Uh, we're recording this now on June 1st. Um, a year later, we're coming up on 15 months to flatten the curve. Uh <laughs> Delaware, however, was kind of a unique case. While other fairs everywhere had to pull the plug, either um, because they they realized they had to do it on their own or their state health department shut them down, mm-hmm. you all made the decision to modify your event and open. Tell us about that. Absolutely. The uh, modification that you're referencing was the cancellation of our grandstand shows. We have about a 40,000, um, well, a 10,000 capacity uh, concert venue. And so we, we usually have between 40 and 60,000, depending on the year and the artist. Um that, uh, that partake in the live entertainment 
being the grandstand entertainment. Um, we were very fortunate to work with Frank Sychek and, and, and Wade shows, and he was able to, to assemble um, uh, pretty much the same number of rides uh, with assistance from Corky Powers. And uh, the two of them really were, were committed. And the biggest thing for us was, was immediately establishing a, a, a dialogue back and forth with our public health and to understand, you know, moving forward, what would this look and feel like? Knowing that from a marketing and communication standpoint, it was, it was imperative that we, we message two individuals. Uh, Delaware's positivity rate was, was um, lower at the time compared to other areas. So we had the advantage of the state hadn't fully pressed into everything's got to be shut down. We're not doing anything. Um, Delaware is very tourism based. So we have uh, our beaches. So when you shut down something like a Delaware state fair or the beaches, I mean, you're talking a, a direct impact. So it was that, that balance that, that, that needed to be uh, established, but from a communication standpoint, it's like, you know, what, what are we going to message and how is this going to look and feel? Well, and I think the important thing um, with that messaging is that you make sure that your guests understand that they're still going to get value for their money. I remember chatting with Linnell Smith from the Sydney Royal Easter show and uh, you know, their big concern for their show this year was that the, I guess, New South Wales was going to limit them to like 50,000 people or so a day. Well, that's about a 35% hit on their attendance. And how do you, you know, with social distancing, physical distancing, whatnot, how do you communicate to your guests that we're, we're still going to have a great event and you're going to get value for your, your money and not damage your brand that had to have been going through your head in Delaware. How do we do this and not damage our brand? Yeah, the, the the conversation mainly on social media at the time certainly it was it was almost like a, a split. Um, you know, what side of uh, do you, do your belief system, if you will, is you know that we need to continue um, you know living life and and trying to keep things open and do it safely and responsibly, or you know everyone's worried about this being kind of a hotbed and, and a super spreader event, and and so we had you know very strong opinions uh, offered uh, either way, and all we could do from the fair perspective is lay out our best plan from a safety perspective, work closely with the division of public health and 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 the state officials. Get the blessing of of the governor, and I mean, the fair looked and felt different. It was it was kind of a it was a bittersweet, if you will, but it's still you know in our heart of hearts, we all know what our our our, our venues look like and and feel like and and smell like and 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 just the noise of of a full fair. And you know, we we didn't certainly have that, but we were able to put on an event which was extremely important to the food vendors there, as well as the uh, the entertainers that were were there to to entertain from a grounds entertainment perspective. Because many of those just were were out of business, and I'm I'm sure you experienced that as as well. Yeah, sure did. You, you know, you mentioned how this kind of played out for you guys with basically two factions uh, there on social media. And I remember I was watching all the fair's Facebook pages as as many as I could and trying to gauge the public reaction. And I remember seeing comments from folks on your Facebook page when you were talking about, "Hey, we're moving forward. This is how we're going to move forward safely." And it seemed like you got a little pushback uh, initially. How was yeah, that? Yeah, quite a bit. yeah, quite a bit. It was it was it was difficult because um, we we didn't know ourselves if uh, you know we felt we had everything in, in place the hand washing stations, hand sanitizing stations, signage, and six foot separations, and we opened up the food courts and everything that that your previous guest previous guests have talked about. Um, and that's the beauty of the fair industry is we share these ideas and we we talk to each other and. I remember Danny Alfonso and we had representatives from San, San Antonio livestock um, show and rodeo. I mean, they, they came out to see how we were doing it in preparation for, you know, for their, for their fall and winter um, uh, events itself. 
But, um, you know, our, our goal was as soon as the fair started is get visual elements out there of how we're sanitizing rides, how we're, there is social distancing, how we've increased the number of hand sanitizing stations, how face masks at that point in time were required. And so those visual elements, we started to win people over and we noticed our attendance from day one um, slowly increase and progressively certainly get, get better weather was very cooperative. Um, but the last uh, three days we, we had some decent sized crowds which in, in our comfort level, if you will. Um, but we had a, a great closure as most fairs get to enjoy when weather cooperates. Um, but we noticed the carnival increase. Um, we did a little video with Frank Sidecheck to show about the sanitation of the rides and, and the whole process, the, um, the um, non you know, the contactless uh, um, processes and such. And it just, it started to make the mothers of the world feel more comfortable. And we started right. to win people on social media and, and folks were saying, you know, Hey, thank you. Thank you for, for having something for my kids. And, you know, many of the kids that were just almost locked up in their, in their homes doing, you know, virtual schooling and yep. weren't able to get out and, and to be a kid and camps were canceled. And, and it just, it, so many mothers were just like, thank you. We came out there. We felt so safe because we saw other people. We talked to other people. We, we saw the videos on your social media and it, that, that made me feel really good, but getting up and leading up to the fair, you know, you start to question things yourself. Are we making the right decision? And, and we, we felt we were, and, and ultimately um, zero positivity associated with the, with the fair. And that actually um, positivity rate went down uh, during that two to three week stint. Sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you that can't be easy be, uh, decision to make. And, and we, amongst entertainers, you know, we've got, there's, there's groups on Facebook and whatnot where we've addressed um, and talked about cancellations as they happened and, um, kind of commiserated with other entertainers and some of the performers have been, I think a little um, un- unfair to the fairs and they're, you know, thinking that the, well, the fair should have happened is like, it's easy to say that from our standpoint, sitting over here, just waiting to show up. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not the ones in the jackpot. If all of a sudden you've got 2,500 cases or there were 5,000 cases that spawn out of your fair. Um, sure. What's the hardest part about making a decision in the, it? Like, it, this is you were different. You weren't like a fair in November, you know, October, November. You were in the heat of it, and you guys move forward. What's the hardest part of that decision? You know, the hard, hardest part is just communicating because there's so many moving pieces. As you talked about, we have the grounds entertainment perspective, and and working with with them to be fair to say, you know, let's we, we've we have we've made a decision. We're moving forward. Um, working with the division of public health, working with the food vendors. Um, you know, we're just working with. Uh, your your own staff itself and ensuring you know their their safety and welfare. So making sure that that you had your your bases covered, um, it's it it was very stressful. And I can remember the last day of fair and just kind of having that that thousand pound weight almost off your shoulders. But then you had that two weeks. Okay, two let's weeks. wait to see what numbers do. And everyone talks about the two weeks. And I remember listening to the Danny's interview and and it's like you 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 wait and you wait and you then you finally can have that that final um you know final breath of of, of relief if you will and and it it um you know it, it all worked out but it, it it was stressful. I mean I remember our last day our staff meeting and I think so many people were just almost in tears or just in such a stress level uh, yeah. because there's so much weighing on on that decision. And on top of it, you needed it to be a positive experience for the fair industry, for, for people yes. and other, other live events to say, hey, it can be done. It can be done in, in a safe fashion. And we needed to prove it to the state of Delaware. We needed to prove it to IAFE. We needed to prove it to IEBA and, and, and to, to others to say you can have you know, large events. And, and yeah, we took a hit on the entertainment. We lost money 
but uh, but overall, you know, we we were able to put on a, a safe and 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 continue the tradition of the 101st Delaware State Fair. That's fantastic because uh, you know that early in the pandemic, if that had gone south on you guys, and all of a sudden there was a massive spike in cases. Yeah, I mean that could have been catastrophic for the the. I mean it was a catastrophic year anyway for the industry, but yeah. that that could have been a nail, the final nail in the coffin. I mean it really could have before we even got out the gate. So we're very grateful that you guys were able to do it safely and, and communicate that message to your guests that you guys could have a safe fare. And um, you know, of course, only now in 2021 did the CDC finally come out and say, well, you know, actually. Uh, you know, outdoor transmission with social distancing is pretty rare to begin with. And, you know, I'm sitting here when the CDC released that information and it was like, you torpedoed the entire outdoor events industry and you knew the entire time yeah. that, I mean, cause listen, you could have done a fair and said, we're just not going to have buildings. We're not going to have indoor vendors. Yeah. We're not going to, we're going to modify. It's going to look different, but you know, come what, you know, if you want wear a mask, be outdoors, be physically distant and we're going to have a, a fair. We could have moved forward. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, government and politics and all that great stuff, isn't it? Nobody cares what we think. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't realize until we started setting up, I mean, food vendors were just coming up to us saying, thank you. You're literally the only event we have, um, Roberto, the magnificent, um, you know, he, he flew, uh, drove all the way from Seattle yeah, and, yeah. um, and he just, I don't say in tears per se, but he was just like driving up to the fairgrounds. It just, it was great just to see, you know, a fair together and, and running and, and the sounds and the smells and um, vocal trash and, and just, you know, the list goes on of all the grounds entertainers yeah. just saying, you know, thank you. This is probably the, the, the only event that, that we would be able to, to get in there, but yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to move forward for 21. We're, we're working closely and looking at CDC guidelines, once again, state officials and it, everything's opening up and, and, and the state and the vaccination is, has been a, a, a big you know, game changer. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, from where we sit here recording on June 1st, you're, what, about six or so weeks, six, seven weeks from opening for your 21 event. Um, what do you see, perceive for the industry moving forward? Yeah, I, I see this great momentum. I know there's um, wonderful momentum coming out of Florida, um, just seeing some, you know, just conversations with folks. And, and once again, that's, that's the beauty of the fair industry. Um, I, I know our 58-page operations plan was was made available at IAFE, and um, we, we just sent it out to as many fairs. I probably emailed it over to the, the 30 plus events, even the local um, Dover International Speedway. Uh, you know, this partners in the live ent entertainment industry itself and the sharing of information and sharing of knowledge um, is, has been so, uh, it's been wonderful. And I think that knowledge now has moved us forward to 2021, as you already talked about the announcement uh, and just the, the outdoor transmission and, and getting a better understanding of, you know, what we're dealing with and, and the vaccinations and um, you know, we're going to follow the guidance of, of CDC. We're, we're planning on everything being open. If you're fully vaccinated, uh, indoor, outdoor, no, no face covering. And that's important to us because uh, when you're dealing with 95 degree heat uh, and heat indices of, you know, upwards of 110 some days, uh, you know, wearing a mask is, is something that, that impacts, you know, one's comfort and, and wanting to make the decision to come out to the fair and the food vendors and the entertainers. And it's just, you know, having that, um, having that ability to, to, to do an event. Um, like it used to be in 2019 is, is, is um, you know, something I'm looking forward to. So what are the dates for your 21 show? Yeah, we're July 22nd through the 31st. That'll be our 102nd uh, Delaware State Fair. 
102nd Delaware State Fair. You know, I was on your website uh, the other day doing a little um, uh, prep for the show. I saw your concert lineup. It looks like um, you got a good plan for your arena shows during this year's event. What what can guests who are attending a concert expect um, when they come to the concert? Because obviously, you know, guests wandering around the fairgrounds, if you're vaccinated, you're good to go. But you are talking about, you know, I saw the photo of your, your arena area. I mean, they're like a typical concert. They're jammed in there pretty tight. Uh, right. What can guests expect from that experience this year? Yeah, no, great question. Um, when we first launched in November, uh, our semi uh, I say our full lineup, we had maybe one or two holes. Um, we were planning on shoulder to shoulder, like you would be at a regular, you know, um, concert. And we, we, the guidance we were receiving around the April, May timeframe, April timeframe was, well, you may want to, to, to get some social distancing in, in this equation. So we literally went through a whole revamping of a full lineup. Um, some of the artists that were, were a little bit larger in, in investment for us, we had to, had to cancel those shows. Uh, we created six foot pods and we were now separating them um, three foot apart from each other. It's a six foot in diameter, four chairs in each. So you had to buy a pod in, in, in totality. And then we're, we're spacing out the seats up in the grandstand. So there is that social distancing element, even though now the guidance most recently of May 21st was you, you do not need to. Um, we're going to maintain that because it, there's still there's still going to be, you know, we, we all need to be aware that the COVID-19 is, is still out there and and, you know, folks are not going to be vaccinated. Some folks will be vaccinated. So um, the honor system is in, is in play. But we felt from the concert perspective, folks would just feel more comfortable if they just had space at least through 21. And sure. then hopefully we'll be returning back to 22. So we're using, um, you know, circular pods on our, our closest to the track area. And the grandstands, we're kind of doing every uh, every other row. Got it. Well, and it kind of makes sense that you would maintain it at this point because you are so close to uh, to opening. I can only imagine the people that bought pods because that's what was available. And, you know, they're they're the equivalent of 10 or 12 rows back. And all of a sudden you say, oh, you know what? We're going to do it this way. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I would have bought that front row pod if I was, you know, and now you've got guests that are getting annoyed. It probably is better at this point that you just maintain what you've got and go for it. Exactly. Yep, definitely. So talk about your concert lineup. Who do you have coming in? Yeah, we've got, um, we're going to actually do a free show. So we're going to have a kind of a, a welcome back, um, um, you know, free concert. We thought we'd just from an entertainment perspective, give people an opportunity. Um, Blippy the Musical, great kid show, um, younger kids. So we're actually going to do two shows there. Uh, Lauren, Elena, Maddie, and Tay. We have a demolition derby. Uh, Riley Green is another night. Tracy Bird, kind of a little throwback to our, our country. Uh, we have Harness Racing. We're a Harness Racing facility. So Did uh, I see that, that he's going to be with Jody Messina? On your, yes. Yep. That, that'll be a good show. It's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we've just uh, announced, or we will be announcing 38 special and then closing things up with uh, Zach Williams as an evening of, uh, of Christian entertainment. So it's a, it's a little smaller scale than, than traditionally. We had uh, Sam Hunt in, in the mix. Um, we had uh, Tedeschi uh, Trucks uh, Band in, in, in the mix. We had um, Hank Williams Jr. And then unfortunately, those are the shows that we had to cancel in order to, to kind of revamp um, a more COVID uh, social, socially distant uh, layout. Right. But, you know, if you go, you continue having a successful fair and you put them on to another year and hopefully they can they can reschedule for something in maybe 22 or 23. And at this point, from talking to everybody, literally everyone I've talked to on on the podcast, this year's fair was about creating the stepping stone, the survival, the lifeboat, if you will, to get to 2022. 
Um, I know when we talked, we talked with Jeremy Parsons, that's exactly how we, he described it. He said, you know, we're going to open in 21 out in Clay County and in Spencer, Iowa. Um, but it's going to look a lot different than it normally would, but we just got to communicate to our guests that this bear with us this year. And then hopefully by 22, we're kind of back to normal. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And, and we're not expecting numbers. I mean, 2019 was our centennial celebration. So we, we broke records. We had 328,000 people here um, over the 10 days and, you know, we were high five and just feeling great, great momentum. And then just, just like everyone else experienced for 2020, uh, yeah. But yeah, 2021, and, and it's uh, Jeremy's. Uh, he's a great manager over there, and um, at Clay County, and and uh, we had an opportunity to you know chat in the past as well, and and it's it, it, that's a great way to put it. it. This is a stepping stone to to, to hopefully returning to, to normalcy because this 21 fair is going to be certainly a, a vast improvement, um, but there's still safety elements, and that's the beauty of fairs. We've 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 dealt with it. I know you've talked about it on another podcast. Yep. Um, you know whether it's a the equalized scare or, or bird influenza and uh, I mean, just, just all the challenges from, you know, the fairs have always stepped up and, and, and knows, you know, we all know what to do by sharing information and, and just, you know, being progressive. Yeah. I've said throughout the, the entirety of this podcast, I don't know if there's any industry in the country that was actually, especially with events that was more prepared to deal with this than we were. And we got put on the back burner. It was like, we've yeah. already been dealing with it. Literally <laughs> when I look around, I mean, Danny, I haven't been out to your fairgrounds, but every fair, I, I got to go do um, Abilene. I worked, um, I did a couple of Florida fairs this spring. Every fair that I've seen post pictures, I'm not seeing anything different from what we normally have other than it's scaled. Right. You know, we have more hand sanitizing station and more signage. Like there's yeah. nothing really special happening because we were already doing it. Everybody else, anywhere else you go, it looks way different. It's like, man, you go to the grocery store and you go to this, that, you got to walk this aisle and that aisle and, and the arrows this way. We just opened, but just scaled what we've always done. Yeah, so true. I mean, I would have to give a shout out to, to, to Disney and Universal because I, I know for me personally, um, their, their, their model itself was, was something that we, we looked at, the, the signage, the images. Um, yep. There were some, uh, some bloggers out there and, and, and folks that would go out and, and they, would, they were videotaping. And so I was trying to watch as many episodes as, to see what their experience was like and to see, is this an experience that, that we can replicate in a safe fashion? And so, you know, those, those two, and granted, those are monster, monster live events. I mean, you don't get bigger than, than Disney World and, right. and Universal does, does an amazing job as well. So, um, I mean, those two really gave us kind of the, 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 another additional footprint to see, okay, what are we doing? How can we do it? And how can we incorporate, you know, on a smaller scale, um, you know, what, uh, what they're doing. And it's just sharing of information. That, that's what I love about this job. I really do. Yeah. Well, and I said, um, I remember talking with Sarah, uh, my wife, last fall, and she was, when do you think this is going to reopen? We were having that discussion, and I said, once the theme parks go, we will be very soon after. Because that's the, you know, Disney and Universal, those are kind of the, the bellwether for, the, you know, they're the standard for what we're looking at. Um, in some ways, I think every fair in some little way has taken something from the, mo the model that Disney's put out there. Um, it, you know, just an event production and uh, to begin with, and then you add in COVID and the pandemic, they're definitely the ones you want to watch. And it was very, I got to tell you what, with, uh, OC fair being my biggest client five weeks throughout the summer. Um, I breathed a sigh of relief when Gavin Newsom finally said out there in California, okay, Disneyland can open. Cause then it was like, 
okay, if Disneyland <laughs> can open, there's a really good chance yeah. OC Fair is going to happen this year. And about yeah. two weeks later, we get the email and uh, they're like, okay, tentatively, this is what we're looking at. We're moving forward. So yeah. that, that was very good news for them that they were going to get to open. That California was finally uh, going to rejoin yeah. the rest of the country. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and goes, this goes to your earlier point is, you know, you worry about your brand. You worry about, okay, what product, what service, what entertainment, um, you know, what are we presenting, you know, to, to folks that are spending their hard-earned money to come in and what their expectations are to be entertained? And is it going right. to look, can I go and find that funnel cake at the, you know, the, the, the corner of such and such road? Am I going to find that, you know, that deep fried Twinkie here? Well, you know, it's, it's going to look and feel different, but this year we're our full, all of our full food vendors are, are, are back and returning. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to feel pretty darn close, but we know that we'll have some modifications. Certainly. You really can't pull off an event like this without a solid team behind it. Talk for a minute, if you will, about your team there in Delaware, uh, and what they do to make the Delaware state fair happen. Yeah, we were, man, we were emotionally, uh, we were emotionally in there. Um, Marla, um, Calico with, uh, with IAFE, she was at our, 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 spent about two days with us and she was there for our last staff meeting. And it was a, uh, and it was an emotional moment because it was just kind of like a, a, a bittersweet, but um, we have people that just care. Um, they, they genuinely uh, Robin with our concessions, um, Robin Rockman with our concession as our concessions manager cares genuinely about our food vendors and, and their livelihood and, and the information that that's um, uh, that that's made available to them and just understanding, Hey, you know, it was important for us to, to, to remain open and, um, you know, we, we want a lot of uh, kudos from, from their industry, if you will, of, of, of putting an event on, um, you know, just everyone just coming together, understanding it, that there is an event that we need to put on and we need to be on our A game um, all the way and, and making sure from a training perspective that um, everyone was informed of what the customer's expectations, because there were responsibilities that the customer has to had to uh, upstand to, and and when they come through the gates, they need to have their face coverings on and 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 to to wear that uh, when when not able to social distance. So there were there were you know expectations and and working together uh, as a team, it uh, it really it made us a lot closer and and uh, pulling it off. And two weeks after the event, you know when we saw the numbers, we were just like, okay, now we definitely were able to to breathe a sigh of relief. And, you know, this fair has been almost equally as challenging as the 2020 fair because everything is changing and evolving and moving so much and so frequent. And then yep. when CDC comes out and, and the state of Delaware came out and, and said, Hey, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can, you don't have to wear a mask. And then you're getting kind of the relaxation, if you will. And um, like I said, Delaware is a, a very tourism driven uh, state and, and, and the beach and the openness of the, of the beach with no face mask is, was something that people were, were expecting to see and, and experience. It seems like you're very passionate about what you do with the fair. Yeah, it's, it's a great industry. I mean, you what know is, it. What is it about, about the fair in this industry that drives your passion? I kind of go back to just, just you know, entertainment, whether we're, we're educating folks about, about livestock and about agriculture in the state of Delaware um, or just bringing live entertainment and, and making the, you know, the, the kids smile, um, whether they're, they're feeding twigs to the giraffe or watching the racing pig show or watching the, um, you know, disconnect, disconnect the canines or, you know, Roberto, um, on the, on his unicycle. I mean, it's, it's, it's live entertainment. It's, it's, it's an escape, uh, when they're here and, you know, we're, we're that little slice of Disney world. We're that little slice of universal or Disneyland. If you're on the West coast, um, you know, we're that little slice of, um, of, of entertainment. And for many families, 
um, you know, this, this is their summer vacation. This, this is where they, they go. And, um, you know, I kind of go back to my up with people years and, and just what live entertainment meant and, and the messaging that, um, that we bring and the, the escape, if you will. And I think right now, even more so than ever, you know, that live entertainment and the escape from what's going on in the world is, is, is needed. And, um, in the sense of community is, is, um, what I enjoy, I enjoy seeing families and friends seeing each other for the first time, you know, literally a, a year later, um, and kind of use the Delaware state fair as that family reunion spot. So it's just a mix of everything. And then working with great people in the industry, um, whether it's, it's, whether it's our team here at the Delaware state fair, or whether it's, um, you know, the, the folks all throughout the, the, the number of fairs, you know, Andy Cashman over the Maryland state fair and, um, you know, working with Marla and, and IFE and, and her team and, um, you know, just chatting with folks and, and, you know, this podcast, and I, I just want to thank you for, for keeping the, the, the messaging and the, the exchange of ideas and thoughts, because, um, we have a lot to be proud of the fair industry and, uh, it's, 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 you know, live entertainment at its best. And, um, whether it's, you know, your, 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 uh, live entertainment, um, industry itself, or whether it's us, the venue, we, we got to work collectively together. And, you know, there's a lot of pride of, of putting on a, a fair for over 102 years. It sounds like you really enjoy producing the entertainment side of this. Yeah. The entertainment side. And, um, you know, I, I certainly appreciate the livestock side. I, I did not grow in the life, grow up in the livestock world. Um, but certainly that is, that is the, the, the root and the foundation of the Delaware state fair and, and certainly appreciate that. And we have, you know, volunteers that just do a tremendous job and we have an 80 member board of directors, eight zero and each and every one of those board members, um, have an, an equal and love, uh, passion for some aspect of the fair, whether it's livestock or live entertainment or parking, uh, or food vendors. Um, you know, everyone just cares about it cause they grew up as a kid and it's just, you know, in their blood. It also sounds like you really, um, you really get motivated and energized by producing a great event for people and, and helping support people in your community. Definitely. It, it's, it is a sense of community. It's a sense of pride for Delaware. I mean, uh, 300,000 people in the state is just under a million. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing a pretty good job capturing and, you know, visitors from Delaware as well as Maryland and Pennsylvania and so on. Um, but it's, it's, you know, there's a sense of pride and, and responsibility of, of doing my best um, to, to share ideas, thoughts, um, try new things and just, you know, Hey, we get to, we get to work at the fair. I mean, it's, it's managing expectations. It's managing, you know, people, it's managing emotions. Um, and it's, it's just managing a, a great institution like this. Managing emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I, you had a lot of that in the last 18 months, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it has been a roller coaster by all means. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, have a drink and, and just kind of celebrate, um, you know, once, uh, once we are very successful in 2021, but, um, you know, my wife's a school teacher and just seeing what the, what the education system has gone through and, um, you know, kids in general and, and man, kids really have not had a chance to be a, a kid and interact yep. with, um, with other kids and families. So I almost yeah. feel personal responsibility to, to at least be an option of, of, you know, that summertime tradition. And, um, it's like, come on out to the fair. It's, it's, it's tradition, it's family, it's great entertainment. It's cool that you're able to connect that uh, with a wife who's in education. You know, my wife was a teacher for over a decade and she's an assistant principal now. And what we've seen in our school district is just so it's rough. You know, I mean, um, and it's not through a fault of the district. It's just the the overall situation at hand. No, there's no one person that's like, why'd you make that decision? Um, You know, but the kids, our son is 10 and, um, you know, he was so shot on this virtual school thing. He was just over it. 
Yeah. Um, and back in March when I drove down, was going to drive down to Florida, you know, usually he spends um, his summer with Sarah's parents in South Mississippi down in Biloxi. So he'll spend June down there. But this year we were talking with him and he's, he, we kind of came up with the idea. Why don't it's virtual school. You're still staying virtual. Why don't we just take you down there? I'll drop you on the way down. So he'll be back here in a, in a few weeks. Um, but he's now spent three months down there and I think he's doing much better there um, than he was here. Cause here it was like, man, everything was, everything was so closed. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. go to the, so true. You know, obviously New Mexico, there's no beach. I mean, it, it is, it is beach, but it's a long way to the water. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, the, the unsung hero oftentimes, it sounds like you're in the same experience. I know I am is, is our, our, our spouses, our own personal um, support systems that, that give us the opportunity um, to, to do what we do and to disappear literally for, for, for a month every year to put on this event. And I would yeah, imagine yeah. in your situation, travel and, and um, you know, still maintain. I know I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative. My wife has summers off, so it's a perfect opportunity for me to focus in on, on organizing the, and, and putting together a fair um, with our team. And um, but yeah, our support systems are certainly a uh, you know, big, big shout out to them. Oh, hugely. I, um, I don't know how I would have made it through the pandemic without having, uh, without yeah. having Sarah and Nate around. Cause yep. that, I mean, I know a lot of performers that are, you know, not all performers are running a business like a business the, the way I do. And a lot of other people do a lot of them have kind of more of a vagabond lifestyle. It's gig to gig. They do fantastic shows. They entertain your crowds at the fair, but a lot of them are, are, flying solo you know and then in the middle of all this pandemic it's like lock your doors stay inside don't talk to anybody don't look at anybody and that's got to be for the you know the friends out there that were were running single through all this that's got to be my heart broke for them although there were a couple i talked to that they were like this is the best i've ever had it because i don't have to talk to anybody <laughs> I mean, it gives you almost a chance to, to kind of um you know recreate yourself in a way and you know i'm not an entertainer by any means and i've i've listened to a couple of the um um, you know, podcast that you had, we, we did talk to, to, to entertainers, you know, for us, we, we, we did split livestock shows and we're trying virtual livestock auctions. So, you know, it's kind of force us and adopt, if you will, some things that, you know, moving forward, it's, it's kind of in our, our bag of tricks now. And, and it, it, it's forced us to, you know, try something, uh, try something new. It, it proved to work and we're going to try it again for another year. And who knows? And we'll, we'll adopt it. But the you know split shows on the livestock side, it, it was helpful and beneficial in many areas. Um, you know, the food vendors and just trying different things. Um, so it, you know, there are some positives, but it's uh, it's a balancing the balancing act, that's for sure. Absolutely. In that you know you kind of illustrate one of the points that seems to be a recurring theme uh, for the last fifteen months or so, and that is the whole mantra of what well, we've always done it that way is officially out the window. <laughs> Like, I know there's a lot of, and love and respect to everybody who's a board member out there, but, but we've always done it that way. Listen, that had to change and fairs and boards, I think, embrace that real quick. And the number of fairs I spoke to that said, you know, we realized, we realized if we bring traffic in that entrance instead of this entrance, it flows so much better. Yeah. You know, all these little things that, you know, hey, if we actually space those vendors out, uh, we don't get that bottleneck that people always complain about, um, sure. all, all those little things. Yeah. Um, some vendors felt like they, um, maybe with not as many ven vendors, they got a little bit bigger piece of the pie that they had a little, they were a little more competitive and, um, uh, all sorts of little things, how our traffic flows on the fairgrounds, which, 
you know, we talk about Disney earlier. If we were Disney, all of us would know exactly what the best route is to bring somebody into a parking lot. They have their Imagineering teams literally know exactly the angles to bring you into a parking lot to get you parked as fast as possible. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like, uh, well, do we have a, somebody security that can just direct traffic? Cause you know, yeah. there's an open area over there. Just go park. Just, yeah. There's a dirt lot, go park. And, uh, Hey, this is what it is. Some of our facilities have fantastic parking. Some of them are not so fantastic and we, we got to make do with what we do, but yeah, I'm just really grateful to hear that the, for the last year that a lot of boards have said, you know what? what we did out the window, how do we do it now? And, and they embraced it. And I think the fairs that really did embrace it saw a lot of success. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's a great point. And yeah, that's, it's definitely something that, that we recognized and, and, and saw and, and said, Hey, you know, hours of operation, building hours, um, you know, how we're moving people in and out a uh, number of shuttles um, yep. and just, just things that, that, we, we altered and, and we're going to try it again this year as we anticipate, um, you know, larger crowds and we're, we're seeing larger crowds and um, yeah, and everything, all, all things leading to 2021 is, is just uh, excitement for the fair industry. Well, and I think we've got an, a public out there. I think Florida, the fairs down in Florida have shown this. We've got a public that is hot to get back out and to be social yeah. and to go do things with their families again. Um, I, I think the next few years are going to be a, a, a roaring twenties, if you will, for our industry. Once we finally get back open, I think it's going to be, we're going to see real success from it. Definitely. Definitely. So listen, uh, we're just getting to be just about out of time. I really appreciate you coming on before we go. Everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. If you've listened to the show before, you know, so I'm going to ask you six quick questions and you give me your best response for each. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's go. Question one, iPhone or Android? iPhone, definitely. If I open your phone's music app right now, which song would be playing? Well, since we booked um, Riley Green, probably <laughs> a series of his best hits. So, yeah, Riley Green. Country. Favorite part about your fair? Um, entertainment, people. Smiles. Corn dogs or turkey legs? Turkey legs. You can go back in time and have a discussion with one person in history. Who is it? Wow. My grandparents, when they were younger. Your grandparents. And what yeah. do you talk about? Just, um, you know, life. I mean, World War II and just, you know, the, the challenges that they're faced with. And, and sometimes you don't appreciate folks until they're, they're no longer around. Um, and I think that kind of maybe is, is a theme from, you know, with, with this pandemic is, is the opportunity just to talk to people and, and exchange ideas and and to, to learn from what uh, things happened in the past. And, um, you know, I had some great conversations with, with my grandparents, but I, 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 I miss them. And, um, you know, just, just to hear all the stories of what they, what they went through. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to say my grandparents. That's a great answer. And I think a great illustration that, you know, listen, for all of us in this industry, there's always going to be something about a given fair that we go, ah, why did that work out that way? We could have done that better. I'll show up at a fair and I'll be like, oh, I could have done this a little better for my show or whatnot. And I think that the takeaway there from what you just said is let's appreciate the fact that we had a fair because in the blink of an eye last year, they were all gone. Yeah, they were all gone. And so appreciate the fact that we get a chance to uh, to have a better fair next year and make improvements and and that this year we get to come together. Because we didn't for for uh, the lion's share of this industry, we didn't get to come together last year so. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the remainder of 2021 holds. 
Danny, where can our nine listeners learn, learn more about the Delaware State Fair? <laughs> they can go to DelawareStateFair.com. Um, we're on social media channels, of course. I wish I can get rid of social media some days, but uh, it's, it is a um, necessary, uh, necessary evil. But uh, at DelawareStateFair.com, and you know, always feel free to, to, to give me a call here if you have any questions. You know, how is, how's Delaware doing it? Because Delaware is different than Walla Walla, Washington, is, and it's different than um, Biloxi, Mississippi, and, and, and such. So yep. um, we'll certainly share what we're doing here. And if people want to come in and visit the Delaware State Fair, we'll roll out the red carpet, um, you know, give you a couple, uh, you know, some time to, to share and give a tour. And, uh, you know, the fair industry is a wonderful industry. Um, and it, it's something that, uh, that has been a big part of my family. Uh, it's been a big part of, of just, you know, who I am um, as, as a person. And uh, I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, folks have an opportunity to come out and see us. And, um, you know, we just share ideas and, and get to see everyone once a year and, and uh, at IFE and the conference. And uh, thank you once again, Robert, for, uh, for, for putting this podcast on. And, um, yeah, just look forward to, uh, to 2021, 2022 and just moving forward with the fair. Danny Aguilar, Assistant General Manager and Director of Marketing of the Delaware State Fair. My man, your fair has been a real leader in our industry in the last year. I appreciate all the hard work you've done and your team has done. Thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.